Welcome to the Exercising Depression podcast. My name's Claire, your host, and today we are talking to my friend Steve. how we know each other and what we're going to be talking about in the podcast but um hang on till the end of the podcast so my outro where i'll let you know if you want to get in contact with me or steve um, regarding anything that we talked about um i'll give you the contact details so thank you welcome to the exercising depression podcast i'm speaking to my friend steve do you press steve steven steve S- steve fine by me Steve. Now I know Steve, we, I met Steve through the Robots for Eyes podcast, which is another podcast I listen to. And you may have heard me mention it in um, other episodes, but they have a Facebook group, um, a classified Facebook group. And with that is a group message, like messenger group, which mm-hmm. um, is a group of us who are mods of the group. Um, how many times can I say group in one sentence? <laughs> and uh, there's quite a few people on there that we met and they're just really great people um so i put it out there if anyone wanted to be um um no i didn't put it out there actually you you uh, approached me didn't you about yeah, I did. yeah yeah and you said if you know what, what we, yeah so the podcast and stuff so yeah i thought well people might want to hear what i've got to say yeah. <laughs> so um steve messaged me and we've been talking we've been talking we've been chatting on the, the facebook group as well so shout out to everyone on the uh, the rfe facebook group chat um so yes this is steve uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name's Steve, obviously. Um, I'm 37 <laughs> uh, and I live in I live in Hull in, uh, in Yorkshire. Um, I work at a, a, a company that deals with social housing, um, mainly in like the repairs side. So I deal with uh, deal with the tenants, just organising their repairs and stuff. I live, I live in, um, yeah, just outside Hull uh, with my partner, Sally, and I don't have any kids. Yay, they're part of the same group, <laughs> part of the same club. Any pets? No pets. My partner's allergic to pets, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot, yeah, on the, one of the things, well, there's just loads of things we talk about in the bloody group chat. From, from I think the very first conversation we all had was about Rasputin's penis. <laughs> Were you oh yeah, all oh, the Rasputin's penis skate. Yeah, I remember that very well. Oh, to where? Uh, <laughs> back to the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we do talk about cats a lot actually because there's a lot of cats, cat owners in the group, and obviously that's how we find out that you, your partner, can't have any cats because she's allergic to planet Earth. So <laughs> pretty much, yeah, um, we breathe. <laughs> so today we're just going to be talking about Steve, obviously, and his um, experiences with quite a lot of things, actually. Um, but do you want to sort of get into it? Do you just want to like why you here and why we're talking? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when I approached you um, in regards to your to your podcast, um, you know, my, with my experiences, I've lost both my parents. Um, you know, I lost them. At, quite i'd say you know quite a young age um i lost my dad when i was when i was 14 years old uh, like just turned 14 as well so you know i was a 
a real young lad um, when I when I lost my dad. I was just going through like my sats, um, you know, like oh, yeah. uh, the, you know your sats is a really sort of important time, um, you know, for my development. So mm. to look at that at that, at that point was uh, you know was so really hard. Um, and then I lost my mum uh, about ten years, about t 10, 12 years later. I think I was twenty. Uh, sorry, yeah, no, I was twenty-four. So yeah, ten years later, I lost my mum. Um, <clears throat> both quite, uh, sort of, both very suddenly as well. Um, my dad had a heart attack um, in the car when we was travelling down to see some family members in like Gloucestershire. Mm. Um, so I got to see all of that, and then my mum uh, passed away of a brain aneurysm. Um, so yeah, both quite, quite sudden, quite, quite tragic. Yeah. Loss that's crazy like i can't i just can't imagine like not only like losing your parents because i've still got i've still got both my parents um and i think i mentioned when we chatted a bit before i've still got m most of my grandparents so actually like losing people that are like close to you uh my parents are different though they're not just people that are close to you they're your parents aren't they they're the whole support system you're the whole home your whole comfort and you know feeling of security i just i can't imagine it especially losing them especially dad like not both but so young yeah. like like have you found that like the time like does that because i know i've heard a lot of people say who people have, who've lost people like lost other people in their lives that say that, that a lot of people say oh t time will make it easier but i've heard also heard from people that actually it doesn't make it better it just makes it slightly less harder if that makes sense i don't know yeah yeah totally makes sense um the one thing that, that you know that I will say is like you'll never you, you'll never forget them, but the, the 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 one one thing that does happen is you know you you when I certainly when my mum passed away because um, I was much closer to my mum than I was ever to my dad. My dad was more of like a disciplinarian. He was an old school guide, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. My mum was always my go-to person, and even uh, even afterwards, you know, I was twenty-four. I'm a, a young lad. And I still make sure that I rang my mum every single day. Do you know, like I was a proper, I was, I was a mummy's boy at the end of the day. <laughs> That's okay, you're allowed to be a mummy's boy. <laughs> she used to call me a little soldier. So like, you know, oh, that, uh, wow. that kind of relationship. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when she, when she died and for, you know, a long time, the only thing that I could think about was that, that day, do you know, that what, what I went through, what, what I saw, what happened to her, and so on and so forth but yeah over time um over the you know the, the course of the years and whatever you, your thought process changes and you start to think about um not the bad times but the good times yeah, so yeah. You, and in a context as well so you know i can't I, i'll if you ask me to think about my mum's voice I, I, I can't i can't tell you what her voice was like i've got oh, no wow. video i've got no you know no nothing but when I think about a context, then I can, do you know, like, so a scenario that happened that, you know, some fond memories that I've got of, of my mum. So that, so it, it, it just changes over time. You'll never, it never won't hurt. Yeah. But it's, diff it's different, to, you know, 12 years down the line. Um, 12 years down the line? 12 years. Uh, 13 years. 13, yeah. <laughs> years down the line. Um, you know, I still think about my mum every single day, yeah. but it's, it's different the way I think about her now. Um, do you know, I think about 
how she managed to um, keep her family together with uh, in a household with uh, you know with a single person or single parent wage coming in with me yeah. who was a little dick um, <laughs> and then my grandma who she was a full-time carer too as well at the same time and I just think Blimey. wow what, this woman it was amazing do you know like or was yeah. amazing like how can she do that so I still I still draw uh, you know draw things from her to to enable me to live live my life so that's amazing that's that's such a, uh, I imagine that's the kind of thing that she would be really, really happy about, like if she were, you know, was up in heaven or whatever, um, or whatever. But the fact that you, you know, you, you still get comfort and stuff from her, even though it's been yeah. 13 years or whatever. Now, yeah. if you want to, um, <clears throat> do you want to sort of explain what happened to you both? You don't obviously don't have to, but just for the benefit of the people yeah, who are yeah, listening. Sure. sure thing. Yeah. Um, so my dad. <laughs> When we was four, say I was fourteen, we was um, we've got a family who live in in Cheltenham in Gloucestershire, or did, um, and so we just decided to travel down there. Um, my dad, from from what I can sort of remember, was not feeling very well for the for the a couple of days prior. So whatever days I, I think it was a Saturday so like on the Wednesday the Thursday Friday he was in bed so I just thought like you know he had flu or he wasn't feeling very well or whatever but for some reason there was one one memory that I've got which was um I asked my dad I went upstairs and I asked my dad if he wanted me to put some coal on the fire um because that was his job and he couldn't do it and at that point Looking back at that point, I knew there was something wrong um, because I would never offer to do that. Do you know, because it was that's job. Like I didn't touch the fire. Do you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So anyway, so we travelled. We travelled. Like, he drove all the way down to Gloucester, and that was from Derby, where we lived at the time. I'm where I'm from, Derby. Yeah. Um, and then when we got down there, we met one of my uncles um, just for a passing hello and chat and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we. Uh, and then he said that he felt tired, um, so he he got into the passenger seat. My mum drove. Um, so anyway, we get we was going down the road. Uh, we're just driving along. You know, I'm listening to my CD player. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! But you don't you don't don't move it because then the, the track the track will skip. <laughs> Bit of vibe light on my CD player. It was class. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we, we're travelling down, um, and then I noticed that my dad said that he, he felt tired and he was looking really agitated, um, and he wound down the window, um, and then he started he started snoring. So, but it was just like it had just gone from that to snoring, and I was like, "That's weird." Yeah. So I took my you know my CD player out, and my mum pulled over, and she was trying to sort of say, "John, John, you know, you okay?" Rah, rah, rah. So I knew something was wrong. So we stopped the car in a bus stop, and uh, and I ran out and I ran and just knocked on some doors just to try and you know yeah. get just called nine 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 basically. I ended up at this pub and um, just used the public phone in this pub and just said, "Look, I need an ambulance." I didn't know where. Do you know, like <laughs> where you in, were? Yeah. Um, and anyway, so eventually, so luckily enough, like someone helped me. We we went over and. I went back to the car and like there was me in the car was me, my sister, my grandma, my mum, and my dad. Yeah. So like the, the whole family's there, you know. Um, and we got anyway. I got back to the to the scene and my mum was just sat there hugging um, my dad. Um, 
and you know and saying John John and all this all this that, and the other but so I took my sister um you know and we the police turned up so we just went back into the back of the police car and then the last thing the last time I saw my dad was he was being carried out in a chair um to from the the car to the ambulance. Hmm. So I was what fourteen. My sister would have been ten, yeah. and we were in the back of a police car watching that happen. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So we <clears throat> we all went to the to the hospital wherever that was. Um, literally just got in there, um, and then the doctor just came straight in and just said he's had a heart attack. He's had a massive heart attack, and unfortunately, he's he's died. So um, yeah. I, so my, my, you know, my mum was upset. My, uh, my sister were, you know, were, were both crying and whatever. I just went off and went to the toilet and just, you know, just sat in the stood in the toilet for a little bit and just like had a bit of alone time. Do you know, like just yeah, yeah. to sort of try and gather my thoughts or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then yeah, we we had to then bloody travel back to to Derby, which is like a two hour drive. So yeah, that you know, rough. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a very quiet journey. Let's put it that way. Um, mm. And that one thing I don't, one thing that I, and this is both with my mum and my dad as well. Uh, the experience, I remember everything, you know, leading up to it and immediately after it. But I don't remember probably anything for like two weeks afterwards. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I just maybe it was just because of you know the pain that you go through like yeah yeah sort of your mind trying to preserve like self self-preserve and sort of yeah like a fight flight and fight or flight response do you yeah. know like yeah. uh, maybe I don't know I don't know I've not um looked you know thought about it much but you yeah. know I just I, it's little things I can remember so I can remember um my dad used to smoke quite heavily hence the heart attack <laughs> um, so when we got back to the house my mum put all his stuff away and I asked if she could keep it out yeah. uh, just so I could see it and it was normal and do, do you know what I mean yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then I remember on the day of his funeral like, I wore a pair of his shoes oh. but I don't remember the funeral no. don't remember anything about it so like it was uh, yeah, it was it was it was difficult um, you know my mum was obviously then you know thrust into this world where she's got two kids one of them being a dickhead um <laughs> by the way. yeah <laughs> he's so she was a little golden child so um but you know like i was because i was that you know the man of the house effectively so yeah. i had to be i had to be a lot stronger for for you know for the rest of them and um, for my mum especially because my mum was you know she didn't in, initially didn't cope very well with it um so i wanted to make sure that you know that she had everything everything that she that she needed do you mm. know like doing the garden or you know washing up or tidying up after myself and generally being uh, uh you know a good kid so i tried i tried to do that I, d I did try and do that as much as i could but then you know Ruly teenager uh, or unruly teenager um, yeah. comes in, and you know I'm I'm my my schoolwork got affected. You know I started smoking, um, running around with the wrong crew, all the usual shit really. Um, yeah. Expect a teenager to do. So so yeah, that's that was my that was my dad. Mm. Um, 
my mum, my mum was probably ten times harder than that. Um, you know, like like I said before, like my my relationship with my mum yeah. was, you know, I, I had such an amazing relationship with her, even though I again I was probably a little shit um, <laughs> for the most part. I just sort of like got my, um, you know, because I was when I was younger, you know. I was just, I lived in this little town, you know, there was not very many opportunities for, for somebody who was, um, you know, essentially uneducated, you know, I left secondary school and I couldn't wait to leave and I got a job the next day and that was that, you know, so, um, but I, I just got my, my, my act together. Um, I was still living at home, but a really good job and I was working away um you know five seven sometimes 14 days a week um yeah. and then I just then started seeing um Sally who who's my partner now in Hull um so one of the weekends that I did have off I was then traveling up to Hull so you know I, yeah. I was earning amazing money and stuff and you know I, I was my mum was really happy with, wow. with, with and then in turn she you she then started sort of freeing herself up a bit and she went to Vegas oh, uh, cool. <laughs> and, you know, and did the stuff that she wanted to do. But so yeah, on what there was, so one day um, I was, I just happened to be at home. I think the work was just a bit low that week and mm. I was just at home, just, you know, chilling and what was I say? Oh yeah. So my mum and uh, my mum and my stepdad had been, had been out, uh, been out shopping in the morning and then they came back cause my mum said that she wasn't feeling too well. Mm. you know you don't you don't feel very well she's 47 years old god's sake yeah so you don't you don't automatically go oh my god she's gonna die you know like he's like <laughs> yeah. so he was a courier driver so he came to my room and he just said look mum your mum's not feeling very well we just keep an eye on her i was like yeah yeah that's fine so i was just playing around on my laptop and doing stuff and then like i went downstairs to start watching a film and I thought oh you know what I'll I'll make some dinner for us um so I shouted up and asked mum if she wanted some soup and I got I didn't get a response so I went upstairs knocked on a door um shouted again no response and then I opened the door and I could see from from opening the door I could because the bedroom was like it was like a double bedroom but mm. like an open weird so the bed was actually right down at the other end of the oh we've the, got we've got a room like that upstairs we sort of woke up sort of like a like a pre-room and then you've got the room yeah yeah i mean thinking about it, it was just such a waste of space but anyway uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah um so yeah so i, I you know I, there was something not right um she was on lying on the bed but i could see that she was moving slightly so i was like you know mom mom and I went in and um, she was basically having a, a seizure of some description. So I um, lay, uh, took the pillows um, away, laid her, laid her down just with one pillow and maybe just to sort of try and help her breathe. Um, and she was, she was clamping, she was clamping down with her teeth. So uh, she had like locked jaw. Um, so I rang the, um, uh, rang 999. Uh, she was breathing. So, you know, rang 999, the paramedic came they then obviously just called an ambulance immediately um so the ambulance came i traveled with the ambulance um and whatever and we got to the hospital and they stabilized her um and 
I rang a friend as well, my friend Ian, like my oldest friend, and I just said, look, dude, I, I need somebody here. Like, yeah. he's just come, you know, like I'm just sat here on my own. I don't know what the hell's going on. So he came and the doctors came in and they said um, that she'd had a, a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Which is just basically like a, a bleed on the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I think that you you can actually, you're born with, uh, or, you know, it's, um, yeah, something you're born with, I think. Um, yeah. And you live all your life and die in your 90s of old age. Or it yeah. can just blow. It's really scary, really, but I um, Think about it, it's good, like, you know, you just don't know, like, unless you went looking for it, you wouldn't know it was there. Like, yeah, a, yeah, a few yeah. people I know who, who um, died, who had, uh, like, a, like, a genetic thing, something genetic wrong with their heart, and it's eventually, like, you know, unfortunately, made them pass away, but it, if you weren't looking for that, you wouldn't know it was there. So you wouldn't just go, oh, I'm... I'm going to get my heart checked out because, you know, you never know. People just don't do that. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably should, but um, yeah, that's a really scary thought. Yeah, and, you know, so obviously I didn't know about aneurysms. I was just like, what's wrong with my mum? Do you know, like, so they explained it to me, said that they'd stabilised her, hmm. but she was, in, uh, she was in a coma, basically, and they was, they was going to operate, um, this was in, like, the afternoon, and they was going to operate, like, early morning. Um, so you know, by all the, by that time, the the family had come. You know, like my stepdad was there, my sister, even Sally came down from Hull to uh, oh. you know to be with us and that, which was really good of her. Um, so yeah, so but there was nothing we could do. You know, like she just there. So we all went back, and my stepdad stayed the night at the hospital, um, and then we was to go back in the morning. So we we all went back in the morning, and um, like a I'd mentioned to you previously, like we walked through the the door of like the family room, and the first thing I saw was my stepdad, and he just shook his head, looked at me, and shook his head, and at that point, I I knew, I just knew. Um, so the, you know, the doctor came in and said that they they was going to uh, operate on on her, obviously, like I said, but during the night she'd had another bleed, um, and it had just rendered her brain dead, so yeah. she was just she was just there, and the you know now now what's going on so that was probably the hardest bit for me because my mum was so smart um i'd go to her for anything anything you know she she knew the answer to everything so for for me to hear that she was brain dead was just that was just the the last straw for me i just yeah i didn't didn't know what to think but it's it's so hard as well because you you go in you walk in you hear that news they go out and then these other guys come in and they're like oh do you want to donate her organs and stuff and you're just like can you just just give me a minute you know yeah (laughs) i can't even process that she's that she's died like what are you asking me but anyway because i was the oldest um i that, that decision that that burden fell on to me so um i said yes to to that just no skin and no eyes yeah yeah they asked to take pretty much everything but yeah. so so they asked us to sit you know if we wanted to say our goodbyes i i didn't go um i didn't i didn't go and see her um because i felt like i'd, I'd seen it off <laughs> do, you, do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't, uh, didn't want that to be my last memory so i didn't go um and and then just fast forwarding a little bit uh, based on my point i had a um a, a letter from a guy who had one of my mum's kidneys. Oh wow! 
and he said that um, it basically saved his life, uh, and he's now can have uh, he can do things with his kids, um, and you know, and stuff like that. And I was I, f I actually found the letter not so long ago, and I was just like, oh my god, I, I can't believe that. Like maybe I should just get in touch with this guy, but <laughs> do you know, like um, I never I never did at the time, and I was just like, you know, it's probably yeah, yeah. how many years later, but. But yeah, that was in. She also saved the life of um, a newborn baby with a uh, heart defect. Oh wow! It's in one of her, the valves of her heart oh in God. the baby's heart. So you know, that was that thought alone was was just so comforting at the time to yeah. you know to know she had saved the life of a newborn baby and a, and a guy who can now be with his kids. That is it, insane. Like that must be like so. If you think like I don't know, I'm just sort of because I'm thinking like what I would feel like, but that must be like such a weird, bittersweet kind of thing to know. Like, wow, this you know this newborn baby can live, but I don't have my mum anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. It, it is very bittersweet, but it it's also a bit like a you know a comfort blanket because you know that your mum's still out there. You know, do you know? Yeah. yeah. And she's still doing she's still doing good things, and you know. It's, it was just such a, a a hard, hard time, like emotionally draining. Do you know, like you just don't know, you don't know where to turn. One thing that one thing that happens is, um, and this is I've found this time and time again with people who I know that have lost their family and stuff. They always say the same thing to me, um, which is about the support network. Um, so like when when something tragic like that initially happens everybody comes everybody's in mm. your friends your family whoever and they're all there and everything's going on and all this that, and the other and then you have the funeral and you have the wake and you know everyone's close to you and they're all talking about you know the loved one who's passed away and the fond memories and stuff like that and then they all go back to their lives yeah, and then it's over for them. They've done their they've done their farewells, they've done their goodbyes, but then you've got to deal with everything else. And then you have to away. Exactly. Yeah. So you're there left them with their clothes, their belongings, their bank, their you know, their everything. And and you have then that you know, that's that's you then. Do you know like you're so me me personally, I when you know, when all that happened. Uh, my mum had, had left us some uh, some money in a um, in a life insurance policy, and as well because I was the executor of the estate, uh, the house got signed over to me. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I'd, I'd not paid the mortgage on it. It's not my house. It wasn't my house, so I signed it over to my stepdad. Um, and then me and my sister um, uh, split the life insurance policy. Yeah. Just did, it, just did it that way so that burden was just basically from you know for me signed over to my stepdad and yeah, yeah. i'm not a materialistic person mm. so I, I wasn't interested in keeping her clothes keeping you know anything i've got yeah. a few photos my memories are in here do you know like um of, yeah. of good times um so but i can see where you know people who, who I know as well who've lost their who have lost their parents they do get materialistic yeah do. but for me I thought it was a really it, it was a it was just like just 
unloading a burden do you know Absolutely. okay maybe i'll pass it on to somebody else and, yeah. and they with it but i think they were pretty much in the same mindset as me my stepdad um and he you know was just charity the clothes and mm-hmm. you know, kept some of the stuff and in this and eventually the house got sold and you know i never went i never went back to it because i was yeah. living i was living away and then i was living in hull and you know it was just a place for me to crash whenever i was at, at home which was very rarely so so for me, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have any, any of that. But mm. you know, like, like I say, people I know who have lost family members, um, especially mum and dad, they yeah. do keep on with that. And I, I just don't. In the long run, it doesn't matter how long it takes. For me, I signed the house over. After, I think after about two months. Yeah. But because I just don't think it's it's healthy in the long run. Mm. So you if if that signing over the house or selling the house or doing what you do takes two years it takes two years there's no rule book there's no there's nothing to say that you can't keep it for two years but then but or you know three years or i'm not saying two two years you must sell that house (laughs) So, so what i'm trying to sort of get at is keep it keep those memories if you need to do that but don't don't hold on to it like yeah <clears throat> on there anymore yeah i imagine that a lot of people like um have these these sort of materialistic things um and the the, the thought of getting rid of them it's you're you're they may be afraid of people thinking well they obviously didn't care about them if they're just getting rid of all their stuff or they there's so much um sort of sentimental value in them that um to get rid of it would mean that you are forgetting the person that they belong to yeah. you know it like when you said before about um getting rid you know, all your memories and all your love for your mom are, are in your head or in your heart you know and that, that'll never go away like no you'll never you'll never forget mom ever like okay you might forget her wearing a green jumper that you saw in a closet or whatever, but it doesn't really matter because you remember her and who she was and, and all the lovely, amazing things that she did for you and the amazing, lovely things that you did together. And mm-hmm. you know, you've got like a, well, not quite a lifetime, but what, you were 24, did you say? Yeah. 24 years of, of remembering her, her being your mum and your friend and your, you know, your teacher, yeah. your confidant, whatever, your therapist maybe. Um, holding on to stuff um i mean you know i'm, I'm not <laughs> like you say there's no, there's no hard and fast rule saying if you're holding on to these things you're a bad person but imagine moving on to your next to the next part of your life um not so much getting over her but getting over the the, the trauma of losing her you, I, I almost feel like holding on to so much stuff is just going to delay that as as long as, as you keep hold of it yeah, I, I think so, and it, it, yeah, I, I personally just think you can't you can't carry on with that that mm. monkey on your shoulder, or you know, or however you want to however you want to word it, you know, because yeah. it, it's just going to be there, and you'll know, and it'll just it'll just chip away at you all the time. You'll know that there's that there's that thing there, you know, that house or that closet full of clothes, or yeah. you know the the funeral that you've got to pay for and you know <laughs> and, and like that. so just for me yeah it, uh, i think that did me a world of good just getting away from it getting in getting 
back on with my life because life goes on essentially that's why that's you know you're still alive that's why you're um that's why you know your friends and your other family members after the funeral just go and get on with it this stuff do you know like and that maybe that's a harsh thing to say but i've been through it do you Mm. know twice yeah no do you do you know like it's not it you, your life your life goes on and say you know i knew i knew how important my mum was was to me i knew how important my dad was to me but you know they they, they they're gone and yeah. and, and i'm and i'm here so my, i knew i know for a fact that my mum would be screaming at me do you know if i you because that's the other thing as well that you know the other point that i wanted to really um sort of bring home about using it as an excuse mm. sometimes and whether you do it consciously or or you know or subconsciously mm. never once have i used my mum or my dad's death as, as an ex- as an excuse for anything um yeah. that be like time off work or, yeah. or or mainly an excuse to behave in a certain way yeah uh, I have my problems, do you know, I've, I've, I've taken drugs mm. and that was on the back of my mum, do you know, like, yeah. um, and it, maybe it was just, you know, it wasn't like I was an, an, an addict, do you know, I, I didn't yeah. take care of anything like that, but sometimes, you know, you, I, I think I needed that, that escape, um, just because you still go, I'm still going through it essentially, oh, and, I'm, wow. and, I'm, and I'm still a young man, do you know, I'm going through my going through my my stuff, and you know, it took my my partner Sally, uh, you know, to give me an ultimatum about about that, and that's when you you know you sort of realise like, I'm got a minute, I'm going down this, I'm yeah. going down. Um, so you know, you, there's fork in the roads all, all over the mm. all over the place, and if you can realise them early, but yeah, do, do I just hate it when people start using it as, a, as an excuse for to, to do something or to be yeah. a certain way or because when when it first happened as well like i used to see people in the street like you know old doris walking past smoking a fag and she's like yeah, this going to be uh, do you know like and you can and you and i'm just and i look at i used to look at those people and i'd be like how do you deserve to be alive You're smoking 40 50 60 fags a day yeah doing with your pointless life where my mum has to die for something that wasn't her fault when she was fit and healthy and you know and a good person yeah. and, and i felt like that for such a long time um until i realized like well you know that this just life it's just life yeah yeah it's just life isn't it yeah i mean it's yeah like if i um sort of talk a little bit about sort of something that's happened recently i have a a friend i'll not say any names or whatever but i've had a friend who recently he lost her dad and her, her and her dad were very very close um and she has done because i was really worried at, at first about about her because her and her dad was so so close and um she didn't have a mom and mom died years and years and years ago um and i was so worried about her about her becoming so closed off from everybody and not looking after herself um but she 
I don't know what it is. I was really, I really admired her that she just sort of kicked it into gear and she decided, I'm just going to, I'm going to sell my dad's house. And, and like a week or two weeks after he passed away, she was at his house, like going through everything, getting, chucking stuff away, refurbing house. And now it's back on the market kind of thing. And he only died, he died like a couple of months ago now. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'd have that kind of strength in me if I could just do that. Like, I don't know if, like, if my, I'm really, really close to my parents. Um, I'm very, very close to my mom. She's like my best friend. If she passed away suddenly, I would be a complete wreck. I just know I would be. And it would probably take me a really, really long time to sort of, I don't know, hypothetical. It's all hypothetical because I've never had to go through this kind of thing. I think you're surprised, you surprise yourself a lot mm. as well. Um, my sister, for example, like she, when my dad died, she was 10. So, you know, for a lot, for, a mo for the most part, she probably didn't sort of get a lot of it. Maybe I'm like not giving her enough credit, but yeah. uh, so, but she, you know, was upset because my mum was upset a lot of the time. Yeah. And then when my mum passed away, because I know that my mum and my sister were even closer than me and my mum were, like and that's saying something because you know i was so close to my yeah. to my mom um and i i was my initial worry was for her yeah and she organized the funeral oh. she organized the flowers she organized the wake she she did all of that mm. uh, and i because i couldn't i physically couldn't deal with it any more of it because yeah. i'd seen it happen you know like i'd, I'd watched I'd watch had my mum yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And she, and she did it. And like when, when I heard that she'd gone to the the funeral place, <laughs> whatever it's called, I'm on first basis with her by now. Bloody <laughs> 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 again. Who's dying now? Oh god! <laughs> I got a two for one off her in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so when I'd heard that she'd gone to there, I was I, I was really surprised, you know. Like, and I think people do, you know, you surprise yourself, man. Um, in in these in these times of crisis, I don't think you realise how strong you are as a person. Yeah. Um, until you know, until something like that happens, and yeah, don't get me wrong, people will will be different everyone's different and people react differently. some people you know may go down the route of you know of drugs or alcohol mm -hmm. and then people may go the may go the other way my cousin for example um he committed suicide uh, a few a number of years ago uh, i think it was probably about about you know, maybe 10 15 years ago um that he, that he killed himself and his mum my auntie had died in sort of like the mid 90s mm. um, and he carried that on his on his shoulders and he had five children, oh my God. Five children. He, he took an overdose one night and he, he didn't wake up and jesus and he wrote a note uh, you know a note to his to his wife and th that said that he couldn't cope with the death of his mum and his mum had died like 10 15 years prior carried that on his on his back all that time and not and not said anything with and I, I i found that that was another one for another reason for me because then when i had that experience i was like i, I do not need that burden on my back uh, yeah. you know i've got 
shit going on without that do you yeah. know like I, I need to get that i need to get that off and i need to get it out do you know like yeah well we're going back to what you said about getting rid of all that stuff that yeah. getting that weight off you like it's not just like a physical weight it's a you know of all the, the things and the stuff around but it's like a it's emotional weight emotional. yeah and it's that's just nuts i mean going back to sort of my own experiences um i said i'm not i've not lost parents but i lost uh, an uncle about six ish years ago um and my him and my my, my so he was my mum's younger brother um mm -hmm. and my mum when he when he passed away it was quite sudden um and sort of unexpected she she kind of shut down a bit um and she she really couldn't cope with it and but she really wanted to be strong for her parents who obviously are still alive um and i it sort of felt to me to be the strength that held up my mother so that she could hold up her, her parents kind of thing um and i never I never bemoaned my mom that at all I, I don't resent that at all but it took a, quite an emotional toll on me because i felt like i couldn't really be um a mess because <laughs> i was having to be strong for everyone else but it's on the, the same sort of same on the other hand i was really happy that i was the one that was there that was able to be strong for everybody um because i think i'm a i'm a completely not bag there's all sorts going on with me um <laughs> and i think i've kind of got uh, through that i've got quite a quite deep emotional intelligence like i sort of know my own emotions and i know all what can go on in my head kind of thing and I think I can compartmentalize quite easily in that way. So it's just sort of like, okay, well, my grief is just needs to be put off to the side for a minute, and I've got to deal with everybody else. And then there's the, then there's the funeral, then there's the wake, and then everyone goes home, and that's when you start being able to feel like you can grieve. And yeah, um, which you know, being able to do that, like if, on the one hand, it's really quite crap because suddenly you're alone, and you're like, I could really do with still having all these people around. Yeah, but then yeah. you can sort of do your own. Yeah you can grieve in your own personal private way and like you can't really do that when there's everyone around <laughs> you know of course yeah yeah and then, like, yeah, the, the stuff the, thing like the stuff thing really it just resonates with me a lot because i i'm also not very materialistic i just don't have a lot of stuff so if and when i die well obviously i will at some point <laughs> um i'm glad that i haven't got a lot, like a, a shit ton of stuff to go through because i just me and my husband just really aren't very materialistic at all but when yeah. mm, and it's I know that, well, I don't know if all the kids, I probably won't, I think. What, this, what you've said there, though, um, Claire, is, again, just to sort of like hark back to what I've said, there's no, there's no set way to, to, do, to, to grieve for a loved one. You do it however you want to do it. If there was a set way to do it, there'd be a book about it, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, whoever wrote it would be rich. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do this, and then at 10 o'clock on Tuesday the following week. <laughs> There's no set way of doing it. So, you know, your your friend who, uh, you know, lost their, their, their dad, um, you know, and, and they've, they've put the house up for sale, that was the way that they wanted to work through it. Mm. There's other there's other people that uh, you know somebody that uh, a friend of my partner who's again that she's lost both her parents um, to to cancer, um, and I was quite sort of envious of 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 her because she got to say goodbye. Yeah. She got to say how much she loved her parents. She got to she got to tell them she you know that she's going to be okay and and you know and, and everything's going to be fine. But she hasn't sold their family house, um, 
than she holds on to to that even years even years later mm. and me and my part well my partner um certainly because she's lost her mum as well was just absolute joy around here we're just <laughs> <laughs> death at every corner <laughs> My friends lost both parents. My mum's lost something. <laughs> my missus lost some more. Oh God! It's just um, yeah, tragedy after tragedy, isn't it? Oh. But, um, so you know, and she will. She'll you know she'll get the house up for sale at some point. I'm, I'm sure, and you know, and I think she'll feel a lot better for it. After, you know, after she does it. So there's no there's no rule book. There's no set way. No, no. I think at some point, if you want to take care of you you need to do that you need to release yourself of that of that burden and, yeah. and, and have the memories because the memories will never fade they'll never go no, that's the thing that's the thing that no one can ever take away from you is is the feeling is the feelings and the, the emotions and feelings that are, are connected to, to memories like you can remember like time you felt really happy with your mom or you can even remember things when you were really sad with your mom or you know a time you laughed so much you, you cried or you know stupid things mm. like that um and yeah, there, there is no rule book. And I think a lot of people who experience death, especially like close death, they're like, well, what do I do? Like, what do I do? How do I deal with this? And I think last time we chatted, we sort of said, it's not like an A to B to C to Z. It goes A, B, C, X, <laughs> back to A, back to B, back to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And eventually you'll get to Z, but it's- You will. Mm. And yeah, yeah, you absolutely, you absolutely will. I, I just, I can't, I don't think I can emphasize that enough though, do you know, like mm. to, to just get, get yourself out of, out of that. But yeah. Uh, do you, did you keep anything of your mum's or your dad's that you like specifically? Did you actually keep anything that was sentimental? Um, I've got a lock of both of their hair. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got, then I've got my mum's handprint. Um, the hospital did that for us. Um, gave us a handprint and took a lock of the head. So I've got that. Um, I think I've got the wedding ring somewhere. I don't know. My dad was um, so my dad was quite an old guy. He was fifty nine when he passed away, and that was in ninety wow. seven. Do you know? Like, so he was an old boy. So he did his national service. So I've got his Lancia and Air badge um, from his national service that he did yeah. um, in like Cyprus and stuff. So I've got that as well. Um, I've got a letter um, that my mum just sent to me when I was working in London, mm. uh, and that's it. Do you know? And their birth certificate and their death certificate. That's it. Yeah. That's all. That's a letter is really nice because you uh, previously when we chatted, you said your mum used to write you a lot. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she she was she was always like that. She was always old school. <laughs> she would Facebook message or anything. It was always you know a letter because she felt a letter personal to you. Yeah, that's nice because that you've got a letter, but that that reminds you of all the other letters that she sent you over the years, and it reminds you that of all the the fact that your mum was so old school and sentimental, and that's really nice. Like going to my uh, my uncle, my grandparents were very, well, my granddad especially was very sort of front thinking thing. Right, we need to sort his house out because yeah, he lived in a house just really on this same road that I live on, but just about sort of half a mile a mile down, about a mile down the road um and we've got like, he had a lot of stuff like yeah he, he was really really into electronics he had like i think he had like an underwater mp3 player that you could wear when you're swimming what <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> i just said to my mom because at the time i started swimming and i was like god it would be really good if you could like listen to music while you were swimming because i find it so boring 
And she went, I think Uncle David had a, an MP3 player that you could you, you could listen to my instrument. I was like, surely that doesn't exist. She was yeah, yeah, he did. And he did. <laughs> I didn't know I needed that. But I did. No, absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I was swimming. <laughs> I know. I mean, swimming. I mean, whenever I'm doing anything like exercising or swimming, I, I get, like, I hate running because it's boring. Like, I have to be doing something or listening to something. If, and same with swimming. If I'm swimming, I've got to be doing something. And I thought I had like a like golden idea then. Oh, MP3 player to play when you sort of like it. Uncle David's got it. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but when he when he died, yeah, when he died, I got a lot of his books because I I love books. Like if there's anything that I I probably overbuy and have like hundreds and hundreds of his books. I've got so many books. So I got quite a few of his books, like a lot of Stephen King and stuff. Um, but because he was dead into electronics, um, I've got two. Widescreen TVs. I've got a games room in my house, and that's where the Xbox is, where we watch films and stuff. And the, the TV in there is my, my uncle David's old TV. Mm. It's proper, like even now, like what six years ago, that's still it's a really, really, really good TV. And I'm sat playing Skyrim or whatever, or watching a film, or whatever. Sometimes I think, ah, Uncle David, <laughs> you know, he's sat staring yeah. at it, kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. You've got yeah, you've got that that memory. It's just a nice fond little memory of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Telly, isn't it? at the end of the day it's only a tv but it's what then the tv represents it represents your memory yeah. of him being his electronics being into you know gadgets and so on and so forth and so many gadgets honestly like you just every time he wanted something or he you know something he'd always buy it and it'd be really good but we, we charity shopped a lot of that because a lot of the stuff he had was like brand new still like the underwater yeah. mp3 player was in a still in his packet kind of thing I think I've still got it somewhere. God knows where it is, but um, unless I dream it, out. try it out in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just a bit linky park in the bath there. Yeah, yeah, yeah love just it. With a, with a straw out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really want to do that now. <laughs> my favourite memory of, of my mum is um, is Rick Mail. Um, like we used to love bottom and being yeah. one. And I used to like, I'd come down in the morning and like, I'd have my boxer shorts uh, tucked into my t shirt and like my trousers right up. Do you know, like, like Richard Richard off bottom? Yeah, and yeah. Do you know, like, I'd do like the thing and she'd absolutely piss herself laughing and whatever. Do you know, like, we used to just do it all the time. Like, um, and what did she used to do? She used to do this thing. And I think she used to think it was like really funny, but it wasn't. Uh, like she, she'd she'd um, she'd say something that she thought was funny, and like we just go right, and then she'd go, "That's all I got to say about that," you know, from Forrest Gump. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> then we go, ah! like just piss up because she thought it was really funny, but then it, she was all being awkward, so like. That's all I got to say about that. And I'm like, fucking hell, mum, you make me laugh. <laughs> Brilliant. She sounds like a riot, blimey. Yeah, she was fun. And she she grew up as well in, like, she was born in the 60s and then sort of, like, grew up in the, you know, in, like, the early 70s. Hmm. So she was, like, a flower child, you know, yeah. like, she was a guitar, fucking Pink Floyd, um, <laughs> Queen and David Bowie and all of that. Like, yeah. she was... Cool mum, do you know? Mm. She introduced me to a lot, a lot music wise, and you know, music that I still listen to today, even do you know, like Jeff Buckley, yeah. all of that. 
then we played um, we played Golden Years um, by David Bowie at a funeral. Oh, so. And then we what else did we play? Um, Lover, you should have come over by Jeff Buckley. Oh, cool. So yeah, we played them to a funeral. So I think she would have she would have liked that. Yeah, it makes you think about what you'd have at your funeral. Like, I think I've already got all my stuff like. Uh, oh God, <laughs> I just don't even know. I don't yeah. even know. Maybe, um, oh, I don't even know. You know, um, <laughs> what would I? I'm going down the Nirvana route because I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Rebels Fries and Tom because I know he likes. <laughs> <laughs> but which which Nirvana song would you choose? Uh, maybe. Um, oh, uh, you know the the cover that he did on the uh, MTV Live. I think it's called Own oh, Me. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. That'd be good. I think I, I'd have a laugh. I think he'd probably get some, some new metal, you know, in that two thousand new metal, but maybe they don't farm or soil or POD uh, or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't know how that would go down. But you know, each to their own, I suppose. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's not. Uh, mind you, I'd, I'd want to be buried, buried like a Viking and like just just gone out to sea on a on a wooden raft, and then someone just fire a fire a, a flaming arrow. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> oh. I don't it. Would they even allow that? I mean, you are you can be buried at sea. I think so. I don't think it's much different than being buried at sea because you'll basically end up in the sea, won't you? Well, yeah. Unless you just get washed up back onto shore. <laughs> like kicking oh, back, you'll go back. Kicking back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Poking with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll get back. laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah, but the, the thing is, like this, you, you know, I know it's a bit like um, thingy to to laugh at stuff like that. But that's how I got through that sort of time as well with a bit of with a bit of comedy. I think I've said to you before yeah. about um, me and my friends dark humour um, <laughs> to say the least when he you know messaged me about one thing and I'll message him back about uh, you know about something else I'm not going to say it because you know people might find it offensive but <laughs> I find that having a laugh about it as well because it's such like you know it's so so tragic and so so dark that I think you have to do you know like yeah yeah to get, that, get it get it out of you because otherwise it's <laughs> all serious in it and that's not yeah. me well, that's not, you know, being all serious and morose about it, it's not going to bring them back. And the only person you, you're going to offend, if you are ever going to offend, is yourself. And if you're not going to offend yourself, then what's the point in sort of being yeah. all that morose about it and just have a laugh? Because, you know, that's all you can do really, isn't it? Otherwise, you'll just end up being miserable for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah, just hating on everyone and, and everything. And, yeah. People well, don't like it. people like that. Negative people. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> And, and, but the, the thing is though, like again, this just going back to like the no rule book, mm. be, you can be negative, you can oh, be, yeah, yeah. You, want, you know, like you can be self, be selfish, be negative, but don't be that forever. Mm. You know, if that's one thing that I can, that I can say to everybody is there's, there's no, you know, there's, there is no, there's no set thing to be yeah. or, or do. You do whatever you want grieve however you, however you feel appropriate to uh, to grieve yeah but 
but don't but don't hang on to don't hang on to it for too long because it'll just consume you and mm, like being an anchor and just sort of weighing you down so much that you won't be able to like you said like move on and just sort of get on with your life because mm-hmm. that the person who died if they knew that you were hanging on to them so much that you weren't able to just sort of move on with yourself and get on with your life that they'd be like gutted i imagine that you you know wouldn't want that for you utterly devastated utterly devastated and yeah you you just you and for you as well do you know like because you'll you'll end up you'll just end up in a in a a dark place that you then Mm. eventually you won't be able to come out of like well unfortunately you're like you said your cousin like you just won't be able to get out of that darkness and eventually you know take it take you (laughs) yeah and it it, it did It, it took him and um and then yeah so when you know when i heard about about that um it was just another another reason for me to just be like right pull your socks up steve like you know you need to you need to just get you know and it's it's hard to, to say that I, I hate saying it so flippantly but get on with it mm. Do you, you know, when i when i say that i don't mean just go oh just forget about it get on with it you know yeah, like yeah. something so dramatic <laughs> i'm not saying it like that do, do you yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, but, but yeah, but just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, feel your feelings and be kind to yourself and be gentle with yourself, but don't let yourself be like, get the yeah. life sucks out of you. Yeah, you can still you can still grieve, but you yeah. can still grieve while you're working, while you're getting up in the morning, brushing your teeth, having a shower, mm. getting out of the house. I did not. Th- I, I'm really glad you said shower then. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Don't take it there, Claire. Come on. <laughs> this is a, this isn't the apocalypse cast. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh no, I've been painted. <laughs> do you know? So, so still do still you can still grieve while you you know while you're doing these these daily things because it's the it's the small things that, that that add up to the to the big things. So if you're you know not you know not getting up in the in the morning and and you know greeting the day that's the start of 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 you just going yeah you know triggers that 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 i'm sure people time and time and time and time again have have gone gone into because of of such a tragic loss Mm. yeah and i think um you said about sort of having that day those days where you stay in bed whatever i mean you, you know you can allow yourself those days yeah but again yeah. That, that's it, isn't it yeah because it's just no no rule book and i think if i can part impart any any wisdom on on anybody who's going through it is that do you know like if you want to take that day take that day be selfish yeah you know use your mum or your dad or you know whoever is is granddad or grandparents or or, or whatever mm-hmm. take that take that time but yeah. just but just think as well that you know that you've still got to you've still got to live live your life you live your daily life as selfish as that that may be mm. uh, or that selfish as you may think you've still got to do it yeah no that's uh, I, think that, I think that's a really good um good way to end it i think if uh, that's all right um, no, no, that's, that's absolutely fine but, you know yeah. i say like thank you so much for coming to talk to me um, about this i think um if you don't mind i wouldn't mind getting you on again at some point later on maybe talking about 
sort of male mental health or whatever. If not, mm -hmm. no worries. But um, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. <laughs> that's wonderful. And I just, I think that I think where where we sort of ended ended that. I think that's that's a really great way to sort of end it. You know. And um, a really good message to sort of put out there for people who may be going through or have gone through, you know, similar things. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, you know, if it can just help one person, you know, get out of bed and 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 go and have a good day, do you know, like then that for me would just be amazing. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming to talk to me on this podcast. Um, really appreciate it, and I think that we touched on some really good stuff. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome, Claire. Any, honestly, any any time. I'm 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 really happy to to be able to just tell you my my little story. Good. Thank you. So yes, thank you, um, everyone, for for listening. Like I said um, at the beginning, I will give you now some information on how you can get in contact with me if you have any questions for Steve. He's given me his permission that if you email me or message me with any questions regarding anything we talked about. I can pass them on to him and he um, he'll answer any questions or anything like that so if you have any questions regarding that episode or this episode or you just want to get in contact with me in general you can email me at exercisingdepressionpodcast at gmail.com you can find me on instagram which is exercisingdepression underscore podcast and twitter at edepressionpod um, and yeah do get in contact with me um, I thank Steve so much for um coming and talking to me that's my cat um and i hope everyone's doing okay thanks again guys